You're listening to the Flying Goat Farm Podcast with your host, Lisa Check. This podcast is for people who love yarn and fiber and sheep, who love to knit and crochet and maybe even felt. We will be talking about the crossroads between keeping sheep and goats, making yarn, and expressing your colorful self. Hi, everybody. Thank you for joining me again on the Flying Goat Farm Podcast. Let's get to it. So here's what's happening on the farm. It is um, the second week of May and 2021, and the grass is growing really high. If you are watching this on YouTube, then you can see um, I have a picture up here of um, our Angora goats in one of our small um, pastures, and you can barely see them. The, hay, the grass is so high. It's, um, I want to say it's maybe 24 inches high. Um, of course, they think that they want to have grain all the time, but every time I go out to feed them, or, well, I'm not feeding them, I'm telling them, you are grass eaters, go eat the grass. Um, and so there they are eating the grass. Um, and so the, the lilacs are also blooming. We're getting things into the ground. Um, I don't know if I had said this before, but Bill started, he took a hydroponics class in the wintertime. And so he started these amazing tomatoes that look like they should be in a garden center being sold for like 20 bucks each. They're gigantic. They have lots of blossoms on them already. Um, and he's so excited about it. He's making more and more. I think we're probably going to be inundated with tomatoes, but um, that's okay. Cause the last couple of years, it's been a bad tomato year. Um, Typically, what we like to do with our tomatoes is that we um, make them into a, a puree, and then some of it we will cook down almost to a paste, and that's what we call it, almost paste. It's not quite as thick as what you would have in a can, um, but uh, it's it's also just the right enough amount of um, thickening to make great spaghetti sauce, great marinara. We also make... Um, salsa um and you know bill's been really sad the past couple years because we have had to really ration the salsa because there just haven't been enough tomatoes last year we had to go and buy tomatoes um, from our local farm stores so hopefully we won't have to do that this year um one of our friends um carol who runs a csa she gave us a whole bunch of um rhubarb roots and i have never been successful in growing rhubarb, um, she told me the secret. So I'm going to pass it on to you. And I never knew this before. I planted, I plant, tried to plant rhubarb in a bunch of different places around the farm next to the house. So it doesn't get too cold in the winter out by the asparagus. Um, so it needs to be in full sun. And the most important trick though, is it doesn't like to have a change in the um, depth that it's planted. So you need to, like with these roots that she gave us, we need to plant them at the same level as they were when she took them out. So I'm hoping that Bill knows how to do that, but that's, I think that's on his list to do today. Um, this afternoon is to get those rhubarb roots in um, the ground. So um, I don't know if we'll get rhubarb this year. Um, 
it might be, it might kind of be like, like asparagus where you don't eat it the first year. I'm not sure. I'll have to look that part up. Or if any of you guys know anything about rhubarb and you want to let me know, just shoot me an email or put a comment on this podcast. So, um, today is part four of color explorer and I'm going to recap what we have done so far. Um, so hopefully you've made that Pinterest board that I asked you to make, um, or if this is the first one that you're listening to right now, um, I think it's great to build your color confidence and to explore your color sense is to build a Pinterest board that is for color inspiration. Now don't put any yarn in there. I'm not talking about putting pictures of yarn in there. I'm talking about putting in pictures that you find on Pinterest that are exciting to you or that you love. It could be a seascape. It could be some great um, still life with different fruits and vegetables. It could be pictures of um, of the stars or picture close-up pictures of flowers. Um, put in those kind of pictures because those kind of pictures are going to give you the most information about what you like as a person, what your color sense is. And what I've talked about this whole season, this whole part is finding, you know, building that confidence in yourself. Your, your best knitting friends color sense is not the same as yours. So even though that person is going to be great to shop with and it's great to run ideas past them, don't pick what they would pick. You want to pick what is, you know, making your heart go thumpity thump. And one way to figure that out is by, you know, doing some, um, you know, doing some collecting of these photos and reflecting upon them and looking at them within the different contexts that each of these four episodes has shown. So you're going to look at them like, well, is there, is there a certain color family that I really love? Is there a certain color harmony? Are, are all the pictures that I'm picking, are they all kind of monochrome? Like it's all peach flowers. They're all different flowers. They could be roses and ranunculus and, um, and hydrangeas, but they're all in that kind of peachy area. So the more monochromatic or are, am I picking things that are analogous things that are um, next to each other on the colorway? Like, am I picking um, a Caribbean uh, ocean scene, Caribbean sea scene um, where I'm going to have some beautiful teals and turquoises and blues. So again, that's almost monochromatic, but it's, going towards the analogous um, or am I picking something that's like really like, whoa, it like makes my, makes it it's so vibrational by um, because it's, I'm picking complementaries Like I'm picking um, pansies that have yellow and purple in them. And so I'm picking a lot of things that are like that, or I'm picking, um, some of those protea flowers that maybe have green and red on them. So I'm picking a lot of compliments. So these are all things that you can reflect upon. Um, we visited, we have also visited our collection several times to look and see what you have in your collection. Um, do you have particular hue families? Um, are you, do you only have blues or only have purples or only have blues and purples in your collection? 
and looking at what color harmonies that you can put together by shopping in your own collection. And also, um, are you missing some colorways that might add some added pop? And so maybe you have already started your wish list for the next um, fiber festival that we might have. Um, and hopefully it will be in this fall that we'll be able to get back out there. So today we're going to look a little bit closer at more of the different complementary um, color schemes. So just a, a recap about the complementary colors, right? So these are colors that are directly across the color wheel from each other. They can be primary, secondaries, or tertiary colors. They're just directly across. So um, one, one of the big ones is, you know, blue-orange colorways or purple-yellow colorways. Um, but it could also be in your secondary. So um, blue-green is directly across from red-orange. Um, so looking at those kind of co um, color combinations that you might have in your own collection. So this harmony works best when it's when you have big color runs or big pools of color. Um, just as you can see, if you're watching this on YouTube um, or if you want to go back and watch it on YouTube so you can see some of the images that I have, um, when you have when you have big areas of color, then um, it works well in this complementary colorway. Um, if you if there are little spots of color or small color runs, what our eyes tend to do is mix those colors all together, and um, especially from a distance, your look your work will look muddy. It will look more like a brown or a gray. Um, ask me how I know. It's like this is a common beginner's weaver's mistake, and I think I've talked about that in one of the previous um, episodes. Um, when you have red and green, a lot of new weavers, me included, would want to make something that's Christmas um, red and green. Um, if you are putting red and green across each other and in weaving, you're going to have there going to be little spots of color that when it, you look at it from a distance, it's going to look muddy. It's not going to look like a fantastic red and green Christmassy table runner. So one of the ways that you can work to make the complementaries a little bit more harmonious is to do a split complementary. And this just happens when the colors are just a little bit off, okay? So instead of picking a color that is directly across the color wheel, you are gonna pick the color that is next to the complement. So going back to yellow, um, if you're picking um, yellow, then the split complementary would be blue-violet or red-violet. And I'm going to go over to the purple because of the, the images that I have found on the internet um, shows a violet. And um, the, the split complementary is going to be like a yellowy-green or an orangey-yellow. And you can see that in each of these um, images that I have here, including the my, what I call Cabernet Harvest um, roving that I have that is a um, 
it's really a red violet. So I have my little color wheel here. Um, so red violet, and it's kind of a yellowy, goldy green, avocado-y color. And that's going to be your split complementary. While there's still excitement, it's a little bit more moderated and it's less uncomfortable. It's less vibrational. A total, a true compliment really makes your eyes vibrate. And some people find that very uncomfortable. Um, this harmony can also show a lot of luminosity. Um, so you can, you can see that in the photos that I have here. The next harmony is when you pick three colors instead of just two colors. And so they're called triads or triadic harmonies. And typically they're equidistant across the color wheel. Um, so you put in, you know, an equilateral triangle just <laughs> to be a little bit more schoolish about it. What this tends to be is it's going to be, you know, like red, yellow, blue. Like so, you know, the primaries are tetradic harmonies and so is green orange violet but if i change it and i say okay i want to do red violet then i could be red violet blue green and yellow orange so that is you know so like a gold color a blue green and a red violet is beautiful together and these can be a little bit tricky to use in your work. You, um, you need to um, control the amounts of each color to make a pleasing composition. Um, you don't, you know, like the, the very bright-ish colors, you probably want to tone down a little bit. Um, if I look at, um, yeah, if I look at one of these, there's, I have a picture of um, some oranges on a green plate and the plate is kind of a yellowy green. And so the, the split complement or the triad would be like a red orange and a blue violet there. Um, and so you can kind of see the red orange is in there and the blue violet is the background of the table. And so it makes it a really pleasing kind of look. There also isn't a huge amount of um, contrast or value change in that image. Um, if you look at the other painted image, it looks like a plumeria. You have a lot of contrast with that. And with that, that you have like a yellow orange. You have um, the, the blue violet, a really blue, blue violet. And then you have some like some red oranges in there too. And it makes a striking composition. Again, there's not a huge amount of the really lightest, most intense yellow color. So you're, you're controlling for that. So anytime you get into these um, complementaries, you want to make sure that you look at how much of each color is in there and look and make sure that they are staying in harmony with each other. Then if you put pit four colors to go together, you would call those a tetradic complements. And typically they, these are like a square, you're making a square or a rectangle um, within the color wheel. Um, and what this turns out to be is that it turns out to be two pairs of complementary colors. 
So this could become a very chaotic kind of of color harmony because you're taking you're doubling the amount of vibration because you're using two complements. And the way that you work to uh, correct these is to use to change the proportions of them and or to change the tint, tone and shade. So looking at the I have an image here um, that is some cranes. And so you have a difference. You have very um, pastel, very tinted colors. They're not totally right in your face. And it makes a very pleasing composition. Um, the other painting that I have has all the colors in very, very bright, intense um, intensities, saturations. And th they've taken the, the one color, yellow, which is... Um, you know, the most intense and the most saturated and made it very, very small. They've used it sparingly. So you still get the excitement, especially when it's next to that purple. But um, but it's not as strong as the other colors. There's not the proportion has been changed. So it acts like kind of like a pop of color. Um, and that's what makes it a pleasing kind of um kind of composition there. So not only the colors themselves have, you know, an effect on the color, obviously, but the texture of the yarn or the textile that you're using has a, an effect as well. Texture affects how you perceive color because textures are going to do something to the surface of your finished textile or the yarn itself. The smoother that the textile is, the clearer your colors are going to be because you don't, it, it, it's smooth and it, there isn't anything that's breaking the surface. But when you add a nubby texture of like a tweedy kind of yarn, or you add a halo with some um, fuzzy yarn, like with a cashmere or a mohair yarn added, the colors are going to be broken up. The surface is going to be broken up. So even if there's a long colorway or a large pool of color, it will appear to be more nuanced because that texture is breaking up the surface and causing it to be a little bit more complex. And so that therefore, and, and it's going to take away a little bit of the bright color. When you use a lustrous yarn, like we had this fabulous, I call it Alto. It's um, a superwash blue face luster um, blended with silk. And it's highly, highly lustrous. It just shines. It looks like, kind of almost looks like a metal when you are, uh, when you have it into a fabric. And the shine only enhances the color. Um, it, because it's so smooth on the surface, it brings out the color and that shine also attracts the eye. And you also have yarns that are more matte. For instance, our Cormo yarn is more matte. It's a lot more crimpy. Um, it, it's a lot more, um, the fibers are shorter, so it appears matte. So even when you have 
two yarns that are that are base are the same hue, the same value, the same everything, and you have one that's lustrous and you have one that's a matte. Your your yarn that's a matte will appear a little bit more dull in relation to the lustrous one. So again, this is it's now time to look at your Pinterest board again. Um, what photos did you choose? Can now look at this and um, reflect upon your boards and, and learn from your boards what you have picked. Can you identify the different complementary color schemes in the photos that you picked? Um, what can you tell about yourself from your Pinterest board? Are you someone who loves split complementaries like I do? Or are you someone who wants, who likes way more exciting color schemes and maybe, you know, a complementary color way, or maybe one who likes a whole lot less, like maybe all your pictures are in the monochromatic or analogous colorways. The photo that I've chosen here is um, a split complementary. You've got the, you know, the blue greens and greens, the blue greens, yellow greens. You've got a little bit of, uh, red violet and red orange and I love colors of rust I think I know I've talked about that before when we talked about these Pinterest boards but this is part of building your color sense this is part of building your color confidence and that is going back and looking at what you picked what does that say about you what do you what can you know about yourself now that you didn't know about yourself before in relation to color. So now that you have the tools that you can identify the colors that work together in your collection, you can identify the different kinds of color harmonies and you've begun to build your color confidence. Um, you have reflected on your fiber choices and your photo prop preferences by looking at your Pinterest board and visiting your collection. And now you've explored the colors and found out what you prefer. And remember, it may not be what your best knitting friend prefers. It's individual. And, but now you can own it for yourself and you can start selecting colorways intentionally and not depending on other people to pick them for you. Of course, it's okay to still need help. It's okay to still ask for help. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying knowing what you like is going to help you in the long run uh, make garments and items that you really love and that you're going to love to wear. So it's time to start auditioning your collection, putting things together. And I wanted to let you know, this is how I go about picking my curated um, shawl triads. So first of all, I take my most loud skein, and that's usually going to be a variegated skein. So that's going to be the one that I'm working off of. And then I pick a color from that. It could be the color that is most prominent, or it could be a color that... Um, maybe isn't so prominent, but is one that I truly like and that I want to have more of in my, in my garment. So after you pick that color, now, now you take, uh, now you find a skein in that color 
that you want and put it together. And this may take a few tries and that's why I'm calling it auditioning your collection. If you say, um, you know, my, so my variegated colorway has, um, has pink and orange and green in it and a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of, uh, white background. And so I know that I really like pink. So then I'm going to put, look at all my other pink yarns that I have, and I'm going to put them together with my variegated, which one looks better with this, which one looks better with that. And that's, and then I find, um, the two that I'm really going to like. And what I would say is, especially when you're first starting out, and I just think this is a good design um, idea anyway, and that is that if you ha you are only going to have one variegated color in your three or four, so your second and third skeins are either going to be spreckly or they're going to be semi-solids in some way so that you don't have a whole bunch of chaotic colors running together. So now, especially if I'm looking at this first photo that I have, so now I have, I have a variegated and I have a semi-solid colorway. And then for my third skein, I'm a, I can either pick another semi-solid or I can pick a, um, a spreckly one. And for this time, I chose a spreckly one that's mostly has the white background that kind of matches the white background of my original um, skein and then has a lot more of those fun spreckly colors. And if you look at the other items or the other shawl trios that I have here, they come with a similar set where I've taken, you know, one skein that's variegated and then one that is semi-solid and the other one would be either another semi-solid or a spreckly one. Now, remember, you always have to think about the pattern you're going to use too. So remember that the wilder the yarn, the simpler your stitches need to be. So wherever you're going to put that variegated skein of yarn, it should be a pretty simple you know, stockinette or garter or maybe a seed stitch. Um, but it should be a place where you're letting the, that yarn do all the work for you. And then in the places where there might be a more mesh or more lace or something like that, put in your semi-solid there or put in your spreckles there because then the stitch is doing the work and the yarn is being less wild. So I think if you follow those kinds of ideas, then you're going to be able to find some great skeins in your collection to put together, or you're going to be able to see, oh, these two look really great, but I need another one that's like this. And then you can add that to your wish list. So here's what you're going to do next. Right now, this short series is over, but your exploration is not. So I urge you to take out your collection again and to do this auditioning. It's so much fun. Um, find sets of three to four skeins that will work together for, you know, a spectacular Stephen West shawl or uh, Andrea Maui faded sweater or a shawl there too. 
Um, and as always, I would really, really love to hear about your journey. My intention here in this four-part series on color ex exploration was to help you develop your color sense and your color confidence. And I really want to hear about your journey. You can tell me by emailing me or you can tag me in a photo on social media with your skein sets. And remember, if you'd like to be featured in the podcast talking about your journey, having a conversation about me, or not about me, hello, having a conversation with me, um, you can uh, reach out to me. You know, let's share the love of color and the love of our collections, and that would be really fun. And for right now, the podcast will be on a small hiatus, and we'll be back in a month or so with our next season of the Flying Goat Farm podcast. And until we see you again in person or virtually or here on the podcast or on YouTube or on Facebook Live or any of the other ways that you can get a hold of me, happy making. Well, that's this episode of the Flying Goat Farm podcast. If you enjoyed it, please consider leaving a review. Have a question you'd like me to answer? Send an email to goatherd at flyinggoatfarm.com. And to see our farm and yarn and roving, check out our website at flyinggoatfarm.com. Follow me at Flying Goat Farm on Facebook and Instagram, and I'm Goat Herd on Ravelry. Until next time, happy making. <laughs>